I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Bexhill, England. He works at Hastings Direct as the lead power platform developer. He was first awarded as MVP in 2023, so nice and fresh. He believes that the power platform is a game changer for businesses of all sizes and industries. Couldn't agree more. You can find links to his bio and socials in the show notes for this episode. As always, welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you very much. Hi, Mark. Good to have you on the show. Um you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting unpacking your story and your perspective on the power platform. We're looking forward to that. Before we start, tell us about food, family, and fun. What do they mean to you? Uh, what's the impact they have on your life? Food, family, and fun. Well, equally important, I would say each each one. So, yes, yeah, you've said I live in uh, Bexhill, so just a small town, really outside Hastings, um, with my husband, and we've just got a new puppy. So that's taking out a lot of my time at the moment. We've got a, um, from birth, really, Dash and Eric, um, who needs his own sort of platform, really. Um, um, food do, you, wise, do, you, do you have an Instagram um, uh, Instagram account for him? Not at the moment, no. Um, we I think we need to get that one set up when he's of age, <laughs> to put it at the moment. It will just be a lot of videos of him chewing things, which is, which is great. Um, uh, Food-wise, anything goes really but to me you can't beat um a good traditional full english you know you've lived in the uk mark you know how um how amazing that is so um if that would be my my go-to fun wise um i'm I'm pretty happy people say you know what do you do for, for fun and people always say oh well i work on you know i enjoy using the power platform tools and of course that's a big part of what i do for my own sort of interests and keeping me um uh, out of trouble so to speak but i'm a big reader got about two two and a half thousand books in our house um so whenever i can yeah whenever i can is to read for pleasure if that makes sense i read a good novel read a good biography um something which is just completely different to what i do for 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 work something not related to technology it's just a bit of escapism i like it i like it and and the beauty of a book right it can easily take you down a rabbit hole of reality that you can absolutely lose time with right completely yeah and even if it's not particularly uh you know real or or, or true to life it's it's escapism that's what it's there for right and and a physical book to me is 10 times better than an ebook 
Yes, interesting, interesting. I've definitely read where I went to bed reading and I didn't sleep at all. I The sun came up and I was still reading, you know? Yeah, we've all had those. And similarly, you've had that where you, you started to read a book and you you, you facepalm um, with, the, with the book in your hand. So it's, it's great for both, yeah. Totally, totally. I find that particularly with electronic books, if I don't have the audio as well, I'll all of a sudden find myself asleep. You know, don't know what's going on. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, tell us a bit about how you got involved with the Power Platform. Yeah, so it's actually been very, very quick for me to to really come into anything to do with technology, let alone the, the Power Platform. So a whistle stop really is the, the last sort of 10 years of my career prior to working on, on um, the Microsoft suite specifically power has been in compliance internal audit and and sort of complaint management really um the opportunity arose for um where i where i currently work to create a new application for one of our regulatory um uh pieces of work that we that, that we need to do um and as, as as it often happens we were relying on excel documents we were relying on pretty outdated sharepoint sites which served their purpose but needed that overhaul needed that refresh i had already voiced that i was you know i, I needed to stretch my legs a little bit more the one thing working in in audit is you write an audit report it goes out to the masses and it's well received, you know, you get great engagement uh, from people, but you write a, write a finding an audit report of something that maybe has gone a little bit awry, a little bit wrong due to manual processes. And you think I could do that. I could automate that. I could fix that. Um, so I kind of got fed up telling other people what you should be doing. And I thought I could do that myself. And the way I could do that, spin up a power app spin up an automation flow you know it really is that simple in those in those cases so towards the last six months really of me working in audit i was given the opportunity to really sort of let loose on on power um which even two years ago because it's come such a long way was a little bit less advanced than than some of the elements that we that we have now so my first deliverable was a pretty basic i look back at it now and i think oh what was i what was i doing that was really bad uh, but it was a straightforward canvas app with a sharepoint data source to to capture as i say regulatory information from from some of our colleagues um and that was my first step into it i thought i really enjoyed doing this you can see the the impact that this is having immediately so you know those, those long development times have have gone um and it's you know you create what you know as a business expert needs to be done without having to jump through the hoops of of um elongated planning and elongated testing you know it's all ready for you uh, and that was my first first app and it's really just taken from from there um and yeah, lucky enough to 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 then move directly into a role where it was looking after the the power platform for for the organisation for the company. So it's I've had a lot of luck, um, but a lot of a lot of hard work as well to to be able to put my career in this position now using these great tools and solving business problems and challenges. Um, uh, with, with and being able to see the outcome, being able to see the effect of the, that they're having in our day to day operations, and also be a user myself of these, you know, it's not something we create and then throw away. It's not something we create, 
deploy and walk away. We create, we deploy, we test, we use, we continue that support throughout its its life cycle. And that for me is, I think, the, one of the biggest um, uh, pluses of, 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 of the platform is that you you continue through it you know it's an iterative development process like like everything but those deployments those new updates we don't need teams of developers i can do that and that's the the the, the ownership and the accountability and the um uh, the drive therefore of the passion of making this a really good application or a really good set of uh of automation principles is 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 kind of what drives me on so how did you first hear about it who introduced you to the Power Platform or the Power App or Power Automate? Who was that first? What was that first day that you remember that you came across it? It was. I remember the. I can't remember the date, but I remember the actual day. I remember where I was sitting. It sounds like you know where were you when when X happened, um, and it was a good friend of mine, um, but our CTO, our Chief Technology Officer at the time, um, Simon Bullers, uh, and we were talking through what this. Need, what needed to be done and my original um sort of proof of concept my original spin up of what i thought could work was really a sharepoint site and to explain in general terms this was a way for people to log certain activities it's all it, it really really is but it needed to be user friendly it needed to be quick and it needed to be uh, in a way that really non-technology people could get to grips with and submit the information that they needed to. And he said to me, this is this screams power app to me. And there was me trying to play along knowing exactly what he meant, but Googling feverishly in the background about power apps. Um, and, it, you know, it, it was as simple as to, you know, going then to make.powerapps.com walking through the process as I was back then of what do I start with? I start with SharePoint. Okay, let's move forward. What kind of app would it would it be best to, to, to use? Okay, let's use Canvas. And then it really took from there. And I've never looked back since that first conversation with him of how he saw how it was sold to me of this is it can literally do anything or it can be configured to do anything. And I thought, that there's nothing that can do anything. There's nothing that you can really push that that far. But from that day on, I've never yet found a case, a use case that doesn't utilize some of the power platform or can't use some of the power platform in some way. So that really was the, the pinnacle turning point for me. What's been your most advanced solution that you've created on the power platform? Um, so there's probably two, but the one that is in kind of most use is uh, a desk booking application with a difference, as I call it. So this uh, a very, very large Canvas app now is used by um, nearly 4,000 colleagues um, daily um, to not only book desks across our current um, office space, um, but also be able to uh, amend, edit that desk booking book on behalf of others. So we have a lot of um, 
people with enhanced permissions on there who have got teams of people or look after maybe a, a member of our leadership team so they can book on behalf of that person, but also submit requests for travel information. Um, and the reason I say this is, uh, or travel booking, should I say, the reason I say this is the largest is that we have, you know, swathes of, of dataverse tables in there. It's constantly being used. In fact, during the hours of, I think it's about between 11 p.m. and maybe around now, so quarter to 6, 6 a.m. is its downtime. From now onwards, um, people will be using the application for a whole host of things, booking in visitors, for example, until, uh, you know, 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock tonight. So um, it, it is big. It's getting a little bit too big for its boots um, in, in some ways. There's always a way to refactor. But, again, that's not a – a huge task with with power it's because of its extendability this is how um the 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 future of these services should and is going to work so i'm not scared to um you know get back in there and and, um update it make it better Mm -mm -mm. so how do you how do you deal with misconceptions around that the power platform is just for like simple apps you know maybe a form capture simple stuff how do you deal with it yeah it's it's a tricky one but i think not to be too evangelistic but it's really about education communication and knowledge of maybe some uh, it professionals or those in uh, decision making roles within the organization who really just don't understand it because sometimes of the way it can be positioned as something to keep those people that think they're developers happy, whilst the actual developers get on with the real work, writing their JavaScript, writing their Python. Um, It's a difficult one to overcome, but the way I tackle it is to really show them, you know, you've, you've mentioned on this call, you've mentioned in this meeting that this is your business problem, this is what you want to try to achieve. And because of the speed and the the ease of use from a developer's perspective to use power to spin up something within literally an hour, two hours, and show that back to them, either on a screen recording or here's the app, here's the link to what you were asking for. Go and have a play. You can't break anything. Go and have a play. And that was all done with power. That's either that as well with a with the right licensing. That's not going to cost you anything. And you haven't paid a very expensive external consultancy firm, you know, two grand a day, let's say, for six weeks to to come up with something in a pro code fashion. That's been a big um, uh, way of of making people sit up and think, oh, okay, I didn't realize that that Power Apps or Power Platform or Power BI even in some cases is enough to make people think, wow, this is is a game changer. Um, That's done a lot. But for me, it's when I said that about that knowledge and that education, that's been, I think, the, you know, if we talk about how I moved into becoming MVP, et cetera, that's been the biggest thing for me is to show people, not just give them the output and, oh, here it is done. Does it work for you? Yes or no. But show them those steps of this is what we do. This is how it works. Um, and, uh, that, has, that I think that's been the, the 
far and away the best way of, of communicating and educating people on what this is. Because I do understand why it's scary for people, um, especially those that have worked in uh, development teams, scrum teams, senior levels even for, for many, many years, decades even. This new kid on the block of low, no code can be unsettling for them. And I get that. But there's no reason it should be. It's not there to replace jobs. It's there to complement what, what we already have. Um, and the two, in my view, can work very much hand in hand seamlessly. So let's embrace that and let's exploit that as much as we can. Yeah. I want to sidestep quickly um, into the area of Microsoft Certified Trainer. I take it you're an MCT, right? Yes, I was MCT first. Yeah. Yes. So so one of the things I noticed on your profile, you had a CompTIA um, train the trainer. Was that right? Um, qualification. Now, I did that over 20 years ago in my career. And it's been a long time, and I've recommended a lot of people do it if they if they want to become a adult educator, a trainer. Uh, how long ago did you do, your, do that CompTIA cert, and what was involved in it, and what are the key things it addresses? Yeah, so the CompTIA++, as I think it is known, um, I did that nearly two years ago now I think it was about 18 months to two years ago um that particular along with some other um sort of uh, training adult say adult training uh, classroom training um qualifications is one of the prerequisites to to to, to getting the, the MCT but the the CompTIA specifically um is an assessed program um to really evaluate how you are as a trainer, not necessarily the content of what you're training. You could train anything, but it's how you do that. How are you acting? How are you behaving? How are you engaging with your pupils, with your classroom students for that particular topic? Um, and my particular assessment was actually on Dataverse. I did a, uh, yeah, I did a, a sort of half an hour, I think it was, real high-level overview. We delved into a little bit of detail with my team, you know. Um, it, was a, it was knowledge learning for all of us, really, because you never really understand something until you try to train on it. <laughs> you realise, oh, that's a very good question um, to find that one out. Um, so I was on Dataverse, um, and I submitted that through to them, along with then a, a, a formal assessment on the principles of of, um, of engaging classroom training, um, and then submitted that through, was successful, and moved on to to, to training the actual Microsoft courses um, themselves. So it's uh, it's quite a lot of work for the CompTIA in terms of meeting the requirements, but. Once you're in there and you're either virtually or in person doing that 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 training, that assess piece of training and onwards, you just come into your own, really. So specifically for those listening, it was CTT Plus is the actual um, training course. CompTIA do a lot of different um, courses. Um, my first one was I think called A Plus, which was how to build computers. Right back in the you know back in the day when I started in IT. Um, and so, but yeah, uh, the trainer trainer was, was, uh, a really good, um, or yeah, becoming an adult trainer was that program. And you're right. People, one person on my course, I remember doing the class and everything. We had a full classroom environment. One person was an, uh, an adult educator of yoga and they were using it to build out their yoga training skills. 
yeah, so it's not not specific to IT. Not at all, and it's uh, industry standard qualification. And the great thing about it now is really sort of buoyed on by on the COVID years, should I call them, is the ability to not just have the classroom trainer element, but there's also a virtual classroom trainer pathway between the two. So, you know, you, you can pick the one that's most suitable for you, where your audience is going to be, and it's all tailored then to that kind of communication channel. Um, so a classroom, physical classroom trainer is about engaging, you know, your, your physical presence. Whereas the, the virtual one is how to use teams, how to use Skype to, to do breakout rooms. How do you engage with those people? How are you getting your message across? How are you pausing for breath? How are you, uh, bringing the subject matter to life? So, um, there's two pathways there. Um, and they're equally as, as, as brilliant. So. It's definitely the first step towards MTT in my book, yeah. It's good. The last question I have, because we're, we're at, at the 20-minute mark already, is, is, is the last question I have is, how did you become an MVP? Who nominated you? What was involved? Being that you've got it recently, it'll be interesting to hear how things were. Yeah, so MVP for me was something that I always wanted to aspire to. So I knew that the primary of becoming an MVP is really the the gift back to the community that's what it's all about so i created my blog powerupwithphil.com not quite sure of the name now maybe I have to change that but that's what i went with um to record very sh- <laughs> record very sh- short sharp videos um and walkthrough guides of how we can push power how we can really extend its boundaries so i got that all up and running and started very very small with just a few little blog posts on how to use dataverse in in a certain way my um uh, good friend of mine nick fry who works for microsoft um who i worked with in a uh, previous previous life has spotted the blog, spotted what I was doing, and uh, nominated me for MVP, which I remain always always thankful to him to him for. It's then quite a long process for MVP um, because obviously you need to keep going on the the the, uh, the, the blogging, the community involvement, um, the, the conversations with Microsoft as well. You know, it, it really it really helps. So at a time when Power Virtual Agents was in its infancy, I joined a working group of what should PVA do? What is it missing versus bot framework as your bot framework? And the two are never the same because of their underlying infrastructure but how can we make pva do some of the things that bot framework can do in a pro code way that was a great piece for me to to really get involved in the future of microsoft technology so you the application submitted this is how it how it works in a nutshell you get nominated um you put forward everything about yourself why you want to be mvp what what is it about the mvp status and the mvp community that is going to enhance the microsoft community overall um and then there's the tense moments of a month or two where you wait for your application to be reviewed keep going keep on with your uh, knowledge sharing your learning your own personal development learning as well and then that magic email comes through. Mine came through early May this year of congratulations. You've been 
accepted in the MVP program. And then there's the celebration, <laughs> natural celebration to come to, to come after. And you then are welcomed so well. The MVP community is one of the most welcoming places ever that you can never ask a wrong or a bad question. So even if there's something that is pretty fundamental that maybe I've just never come across, I can ask the MVP community, the distribution list, the, the, you know, the groups that we are members of, um, how do I do this? What am I doing wrong? And someone will come back with, ah, here's a link to the docs, something very straightforward, but you just think, ah, that's, it's brilliant. Um, and for those more taxing challenges as well. And, and sometimes when we encounter bugs, we're often the first people to raise them um, with Microsoft directly um, and get them ironed out, get them get them sorted, or at least workarounds developed by the Microsoft themselves or, or one of us. We you know we'll, we'll help you do that to come up with a workaround until a fix can be can be put in. So it's extremely rewarding to to be part of and. Um, the the sky really is no limit in this case. Um, the the amount of, of of development, the amount of thought to each and every problem, each and every use case, each and every idea that we want to try and achieve, not just with power. This is where MVP really comes into its own because you're exposed to all of the Microsoft technologies and. I've not come across it yet, but I know others have, is when power maybe isn't the best solution for something. Chat with your chat with your mates, chat with your other MVPs, chat with the community. What is the best Microsoft piece to solve this problem? And if it's not power, you'll soon get the answer as to what it really should be. And just to sort of close off really from, from my MVP experience, the amount of times where we still leverage some power capabilities in something completely left field from uh, Azure. So Azure Internet of Things, uh, Keyvault, uh, virtual machines, etc., that don't really natively have their place in, in the power world, so to speak. The two interacting between themselves, uh, between each other to bring a really fast and really reliable solution to the end user. Um, it happens more often than people would think. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again and see you next time.